Be'ezras Hashem, we are continuing our exploration of Sicha Saran Ayin Aleph that we began last week. Rabbi Nachman over there speaks about the Indian of Kedusha and personal challenges. And like we spoke last time, the ways that we've become conditioned to respond to the discomfort of living and challenges that we have in our inner world and understanding how to deal with that and how to remedy that and how to heal from that and how to move forward and out and beyond some of those tendencies and behaviors. And so Besiat Rashmaya, in sharing my screen, so we can all see inside together. Second, let me find this. Second. Ah, okay. Be'ezra Hashem, we're gonna be able to follow along. I'm gonna share my screen. There you go. Okay, Sichasran Ayin Aleph, jumping back in, this is part two of our exploration of this Sicha, and today, with Hashem's help, we're going to take a look at some of the other tzaddikim and the way that they approach this Zohar HaKadosh that we started to look at last week, primarily Reb Tzadik HaKoyim, and how they deal with the same teaching from Chazal that Rabbi Nachman was grappling with so mightily. So let's take a look just again for review. And the Tzaddik says like this, This that the Zara Kaddish says, that for this particular Avera, this behavior, that all the Tzaddikim teach, gets in the way of being able to connect to Hashem in the clearest, purest way. Ein moil tshuva, the Zara says something so severe that tshuva doesn't help for such a thing. You can't repent, you can't fix, you can't return, which is of course extremely severe and a hard thing to understand, a hard thing to, to grapple with, a hard thing to, to hear and to, and, to, and to figure out what does this mean? How could that be? So here Rabbi Nachman comes to our rescue. Amr Abenuz, as he usually does. Amr Abenuzal says, Rabbi Nachman, This is not in fact the case. Rak alakol mail tshuva. Tshuva always works. Tshuva helps for everything in the world. There isn't anything a person can do that they cannot do tshuva for. Va'amar. And then Rabbi Nachman continued and said, When it comes to this particular teaching from the Helega Zarah Kaddish, There's no human being, says the Rebbe, who understands what it means. Only the tzaddik himself, Rabbi Nachman himself. And he says, but the, the ultimate Nikuda that we're supposed to walk away with is that Tshuva certainly works. Even if a person has stumbled very greatly in this regard and a person feels trapped and dragged down by the filth of the promiscuous society that we find ourselves in, in one way or another, like we said, doesn't have to only be in the Geder of personal Kedusha any area in life that we feel we escape to, that enables us to numb the pain that we feel, which should be bombed, which should be held and, and healed by Hashem, Hashem by Emuna, by healthier perspectives, by filling the void with so many other productive, wonderful, kind, positive things. Says Rabbi Nachman, 
Moil tshuva bevadai. Tshuva certainly helps. Kvar mavur besvar manatvasim kvar. And it's already been written in earlier svarim. That the primary tshuva, and this is such a chizik, because even if, okay, so Rabbi Nachman says you can do tshuva for this particular chet, but who knows what that tshuva looks like? Who knows how many fasts and some of the sperm from that results were paid dalit is 84 fasts, right? How, how difficult it must be to do tshuva for such a severe thing? Says the rabbi, really, the, the, the most important thing to understand in this regard of doing tshuva for this avera is simply not to do it again, is to take upon oneself, as we do Yom Kippur, where we promise Hashem everything in the world. Do we really think that we walk out of Yom Kippur and that's it, we're perfect tzaddikim for the rest of time? No, right? But it means that a person gets to a level at that moment where it's so clear to them that, that this is not just, this is not a, a good way to live and this is not aligned with Hashem's ratzon for how Hashem wants me to live, but I don't want this anymore. And I'm taking it upon myself in this moment of clarity that, Zeu, I'm finished. I'm changing my ways. Says the Rebbe, that's the primary definition of tshuva. It's a big chizuk. Without anything else, without any tukunim and gilgul shelek and fasting, simply holding on to a moment of clarity and begging Hashem to allow that moment to become extended into the future. I want to hold on to this clarity. And if I could hold on to this clarity, which I may not, but that's, that's tomorrow's story. I'll deal with that when I get there. But if only I could hold on to this moment of clarity, I would be free forever. I would be bound to HaKadosh Baruch Hu forever. Says Rabbi Nachman, that's tshuva. That's returning to our essential selves. Returning to the clarity that our neshamas have about what life is and what we can accomplish, and what we want to accomplish so deeply, and what it is that we are seeking when we look for love in, in all the wrong places, when we look for escape in all the wrong places, when we look for comfort in all the wrong places. That's tshuva. And as part of that process, a person's going to have challenges. That's what life is about. We encounter challenges as a feature, like we say, not as a... A, um, a malfunction where the system breaks down. This is part of life. And Hashem is guiding us through these challenges. He gives us the challenges not so that we fall apart at first blush, but that we recognize Hashem's trust in us. Belief that we can do it. That we can mamish do it. And this becomes part of the process of tikkun as opposed to a catalyst for despair, which oftentimes happens, right? We begin to rise, and the second that we encounter any turbulence, we say, HaKadosh Baruch you're not letting me, you're, you're closing the doors, you're, you're making it too challenging for me, and I walk away. Says Rabbi Nachman, no. Those bumps, that, that turbulence that shows you're picking up speed, that's part of how you're going to be able to smash the turbo button and, 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 and take off 10 times faster than you could otherwise. This is part of Hashem opening the doors. Is sometimes having to have the guts to, to bang down any doors that we find closed in our path. That's, that's part of it. That's mamish part of it. I saw a beautiful Svasemes coming up to Pesach. Everything's Pesach now. Coming up to Pesach, the Heilige Svasemes teaches that the reason we begin 
the Haggadah, as Chazal tell us, maschilim begnus umesayim b'shevach. You begin by telling all the struggles and all the suffering and all the challenges. Maschil begnus. We say mitchila oiv de'avodizara hayav. We say in Bemitzrayim. In the beginning, the nation was a nation of idol worshippers. Says the Sfasema, so why do we have to mention that? In, in this great moment of holiness, of Amunah, Vayaminu, Vashem, Vomesha, Avda, in this great moment of faith and holiness, why are we mentioning that? But the Sfasema says that from the perspective of redemption, from a redeemed standpoint of what's called Moichin de Godless, of an expanded consciousness, we look back over all the challenge and over all the struggles and even over all the failures and our inability to break free. And we recognize that was also necessary as part of the process of redemption. And so we have to include that, that in the Haggadah. And it's not despite that experience that we got free. It was specifically because of that experience that we were able to taste the sweet gift of freedom. So the Rebbe says, That's part of our tshuva. And don't we go through this often, right? In whatever area of life. But in this specific nikuda, so many times we'll say, okay, I'm really ready to take the next step in my development. I'm really ready to put the filter on when the filter is necessary. Get rid of this device. Or, or stop going to this particular place. Or delete that number from it. Whatever it may be. In this, in this, in this sugya, in this Indian, which is very vast and very broad, and all of a sudden, so like right after we've already decided to become kedushim and prushim, we're going to have the biggest nisayin of our lives, and it goes this way all the time. It's like without fail, and our initial reaction, but the knee-jerk reaction is a reaction. It's not a response. Meaning, reaction from the lower self. That unfortunately, that's where we're most in touch with. That's why most reactions are, like a reactive state is a lowly state. The higher state is a responsive state. It has Yishavad Das. It doesn't rush so much. Rushing is only allowed in the context of getting out of Mitzrayim. We have to rush. That's a, that's a separate sugya. It's a separate Indian. It's a deep Indian. Bichipazayim. But ordinarily, if we are to address situations properly, we respond to them. We don't react to them. There's a moment of pause where I can tap in to a deeper place, right? But our response to encountering challenges right after we've, we've, we've committed, we're ready to go, we're ready to grow, is to become incredibly frustrated, and even angry. Angry at Hashem. How could you do this to me? Rabbi Shalom, you don't know how much, how much it took. You don't know how much it took, how much effort it took for me to, to make a new start. Can, can I get a break? Can you make it at least easy? Give me two, three days. Give me, give me a week where everything is just quiet, still. Help me build a foundation that could build some. Help me plant a seed, let it take root. And instead, time after time, the moment after committing, I encounter such, such tremendous nisyayinus. So the reaction is to become frustrated and angry. But the response from a place of das, 
from a place of the tzaddik, from the place of Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Rabbi Nachman is telling you, no, 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 that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Because we don't realize that part of the process of fixing is to meet with those same challenges. And this time, rooted, like we spoke last time, in a place of compassion, in a place of self-worth, in a place of understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an Indian with me. Hashem is guiding me. Hashem has not abandoned me. That that itself, like we learned from Rabbi Nassim last week, is the Iker Tshuva, is to remember that, is to believe that. So from that place of wisdom, says the Rebbe, whoa, that's part of your growth process. Carry on. It's not despite that experience that you're going to fix. It's because of it. It's through it. You have what it takes. So keep on pushing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let's read the line again. That's, it must be this way. It's a must to encounter this challenge again, maybe even in the exact same form that it was the first time, and this time to turn away, and this time to X out before, and, and this time to close the computer, and this time to, 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 to call a friend, to figure out a way of escaping. Sometimes when things break, so that's when you become free. So don't shy away from those challenges. Jump into them. Lean into them. You have what it takes. I have what it takes. And that's part of the process of redemption. Like we learned last time, that the whole thing is rooted in self-compassion. And of course, this shows up in Seder night. We're ordinarily, each of us think, and we spoke about this at length last time, I don't want to dwell so much on it, a lot to cover, with the help of the Master of Heaven and Earth. It was such nachas from this shir, from these chepher getting together to learn every week. What a schus, what a privilege. But like we talked about last week, and this is what Seder night is, that ordinarily the way that we think things need to go is that first we need to, to cleanse ourselves of filth, and then we can rise into, into a holiness that we've now earned. Right? That's what we usually think. But Seder night is shining the light that Ibn Ahmed is teaching in this Torah. That the only way to productively engage in, in a... In, in a enterprise of, of cleaning and of, of growth and of spiritual elevation is to first be rooted in a place of essential goodness, of essential holiness, of essential kindness. To be rooted in a place that's beyond the shame, that is utterly and eternally shameless, guiltless, pristine, pure, kind, sweet, innocent. That's the Torah of Seder night. Because Seder night is all about freedom. And what the Baal Haggadah is telling us is, ah, you want to become free? You want to be MS become free? And not just engage in this delusion of a cycle where because I feel so ashamed of my behavior, so then I feel compelled to change. But because that change is rooted in shame, very quickly, 
I'm going to need to find something to fill that void that I essentially feel because of my innate shame. And so I engage in the same behavior. Ah, but that causes shame again. So then I try to grow. But because it's rooted in shame, it, it, it doesn't begin. That's what we spoke about last week. So the Baal HaGad is telling us on the night of freedom, sure, you're going to engage in urchats. Sure, there's time for cleaning. Sure, there's time of development, of working on things, of course. But you need to begin with Kaddish. You need to begin with Kaddish. All of the urchats, all of the cleansing, needs to first be rooted in an awareness of our inherent cleanliness, in our inherent wholeness, in our inherent holiness, a place where the shame hasn't touched, and a place where there is no shame in experiencing our humanity. That's not shameful. It just is. It's a fact. It doesn't have to have a label on it. Not societal, not religious, nothing. It's just a fact, right? This is what I'm going through now. And I want to develop, and I want to be better. I want to, I want to change. That's not, it's not an Indian of shame. You and I didn't invent immorality. Hashem did, right? It wasn't in my mind to, to, to invent this stuff. Kodesh Baruch Hu knows what he's doing. It's not shameful. It's a challenge. It's a challenge that is specifically encoded within our DNA, and the fundamental framework of our humanity for the purpose of being able to grow, for the purpose of being able to flourish in a way that we could not have flourished otherwise. It's all a test. Life is a test. It's not shameful. It just is. Anything else is a subjective delusion. Anything else is a, is a label that somebody put on us or something that we felt without the das of the tzaddik to be able to look at life and recognize that all I'm ever asked to be is matzah, not chametz. All I'm ever asked to be is just my authentic self. And if this is what I'm struggling with on the level of my authentic self, then it just is what it is. There's no other objective that I'm supposed to become or an ideal that I'm supposed to embody. There's nothing but myself, so there is no other model of any kind of that I'm not reaching at this moment. It's just me. It just is. It's just the matzah, the authentic expression of, of, of who I am, what I'm going through. And from that standpoint, there's no shame. From that standpoint, there's only rachmanas. There's only rachmanas. Without any of the negative talk, there's just the asay toiv, do a lot of good, and then naturally surmira. Naturally, what we're going to pull away from lower ways of living, not because I'm so ashamed of living that way that I, I, I can't live with myself another day without changing, but because I appreciate my dignity, my essential dignity, so clearly that I owe myself more than this. And that will enable oneself, rooted in a place of compassion, in a place of broad-mindedness, not becoming pigeonholed into a self-definition, 
and a cycle of, of, of shame and guilt. And thereby, a person tastes a little bit of freedom. This is the primary tshuva. Disregard the words of the Zara Kaddish that ain't my old tshuva. Tshuva doesn't work, says the Rebbe. Ain't hadavar kein. It isn't so. The pshat of the Zara Kaddish, says Rabbi Nachman, only I understand that. Rabbi Nassim comes to elaborate on what Rabbi Nachman might have meant and why those words in the Zara Kaddish are important because they present, like we learned last week, the test, the challenge, is whether I choose to take that as an excuse to turn around and go home because anyway I'm hopeless, or whether I continue to bang down heaven's doors, refusing to give up. That's Rav Nassim's approach. And whether there are other approaches, as we're going to learn, but what comes out again from this teaching from Rabbi Nachman is that tshuva always, always, always works, and that it's a whole lot easier than you and I might have assumed. A moment of clarity, I want to be better. I'm taking it upon myself to be better. And I'm putting practical measures into place based on my history so that I can actively improve my ways. Says Rabbi Nachman, tshuva. Rectification. Healing. Cleansing. But it needs to be rooted in a place of these three words, which is the Indian by Seder night of Kaddish before Urchatz. Because that's the only kind of Urchatz that can ever be successful. Beginning rooted in a place of awareness of essential Kedusha, essential holiness. That's Rabbi Nachman or Rabbi Nassim, a lengthy review and introduction, but a review of what we learned last week because it's so important it's worth saying again. Now let's take a look at some of the approaches of the other tzaddikim who also address this difficult Zohar Kaddish and in the tradition of the Baal Shem Tev, have to find a way to present it in a, in a more palatable manner. So here we take a look at a Pasuk from Shmuel. And that's in italics over here, the first line, where, where, where the Navi says, Shmuel gives a nevuah to base Eli, to the house of Eli, because Eli, whatever went on over there with Eli's children, they, they became wayward, and Eli wasn't as careful about guiding them as he should be, it seems. And so there's a curse on Eli and his family at Oilam. And this Pasuk says that essentially there will be no tshuva for it. That no carbon, no zevach, no mincha, no carbon will be able to atone for the sin for Avoin Beis Eli, for the sin of the house of Eli. Says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, that Yud Chesam and Aleph, Amarava, Look at the words in the Pasuk. Does it say there will be no tshuva? It doesn't say there will be no tshuva. It says, There will be no redemption and there will be no repentance achieved through karbonas. But the sin can be atoned through Torah study. That's what Rava's diuk was in the Pasuk. He made an inference. 
excuse me, he made an inference, right? Through Karbanis it won't work. But Torah study will indeed avail Eli and his family repentance. So here in Tzadik HaKoyin, in Sigas HaTzadik Tess, uh, Tzadi Zion, 97, where the Helega Koyin says like this, What's brought in the Zohar Parshas Noyach, Samach Beis, Amar Aleph, De'ein Moyel Tshuva. Our Zohar, this mysterious Zohar Kaddish, about which so much has been written, and because of which so much pain has been experienced, unfortunately, for those that are not plugged into compassionate teachings, teachings for our generation. As we're going to see from the Chedush Yerim a little bit later. Rabbi Tzaddik applies this same uh, construct to this Zarah Kaddish, that it says that there's no tshuva for, for this Avera. He says you can say the same thing. Bezevach in meskaper. What the Zara means to say that it cannot be atoned for through zevach, which is a carbon, which in our times means tefillah. Tefillah isn't necessarily the way to achieve atonement for this. Avol, but like the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, commenting on this Pasuk from Shmuel Aleph, Avol meskaper b'tayra, hachinami kain. The same applies for this topic, for this category. Torah, Limara Torah, Torah study consistently on whatever level purifies. Purifies in a way that even Zevachu Mincha, Tfila, might not be able to achieve that level of purification vis a vis this Pigah, this blemish. In Sigazat Sadik, Kuf Ches, 108, Rabbi Tzaddik elaborates on this, and he says like this, He says, with regard to this Avera, promiscuity, immorality, unproductive immorality, all immorality is unproductive, but unproductive use of what's supposed to be a reproductive system. The ending of waste. Bezoyar, he says, it should be noyach, not lameches. Bezoyar, noyach, samach bezam and aleph. The ain moyol tshuva that is written that there's no tshuva for such a thing. And he explains. What the zara means is, behind it, what this means is, ki tipe zara nimshach mehamoyach. Upagam etipe moichai. Now, when it comes to this particular behavior, as the tzaddikim teach, that particular substance that we speak about being wasted is rooted in the mind. Tzadikim say. It's rooted in the place called Libuna de Moicha, the white matter of the, of the brain, gray matter. Libuna de Moicha. That's where it's rooted. Contains the DNA of a whole person or half a person. And that means that it must be rooted in the roish of a person, in the mind of a person. Because in that place is the collectivity of, of the whole person. And so this, that we're speaking about that can be wasted when utilized in an egotistic or self-gratifying mode of behavior is going to be rooted in the, in the mayach, 
So it isn't just a pagam in that place of immorality, it's a pagam of the brain in a certain sense. And there's going to be a problem here, says the says Reb Tzadik, because v'hatshuva hibalev, because tshuva doesn't take place in the mind. Tshuva takes place in the heart. Kemoshikasa, as the pasuk says, ulevava yavin v'shav, and with his heart, the penitent sinner will understand in his heart v'shav and do tshuva. Tshuva is connected to the lev, to the heart. As is, by the way, tfila ezu avoida shabalev havi aimer zu tfila. And so tefillah, like we learned in the previous piece, zevach umincha, is it mechaper? Or tshuva, when it comes to this particular blemish, it cannot be mechaper because it's not the same place. V'lekach, therefore, right? Something that you do in the lathe cannot come to rectify something that happened in the moach. And again, I want to make this clear that this is true for men. It's true for women as well. It's true, first of all, there are women that struggle in this area too. But it's true, it's true for every person. Dealing with whatever they're dealing with. There's a pagam in the moyach. It's a corrupted way of thinking, of processing life. More specifically, as it relates to this particular category of behaviors. But it's true for everything. There's a place in the mind that's been blemished that... Tshuva relating to the heart, whether tshuva regularly or tefillah, which of course is tshuva, tefillah, tzedakah, tefillah is a part of the tshuva process, can't reach. Can't reach. Therefore, says Reb Tzaddik, so what can reach? Ratzarech Torah. That's why we need to engage in Torah study. Torah study on a daily level, like we have already learned in Sichas Ran from Rabbi Nachman, that when all else fails, a commitment to Torah, day in and day out, however much, however little, whatever area of Torah speaks to you, Torah is so vast. You have to learn the Torah that speaks to your heart. Also, Indian of the heart, right? The heart is also a part of that. But when we can do that, the Torah then goes and helps us to rectify our thinking, to rectify that place of the Moyach where this particular blemish is rooted. As is written in Bereshis Rabbah, that our Torah that we have is called It's like the, the dregs, it's like, it's like a derivative, a lowly derivative, so to speak. Couldn't say this with our own mouth if the Medrash didn't say. It's, it's, it's a derivative of what's called Chachma Shalamal. A very, very, very pristine and lofty, elevated kind of wisdom. That's Mufshat. That's just wisdom as wisdom. Beyond words and, and, and theories and concepts and, and, and symbols. and Beyond that, just Chachma Yoyna. Pure intellect, pure awareness. And the Torah is a derivative of that. And so when we study Torah and it goes into our minds, it rectifies. And he says, this takes place in the mind. Okay, without getting into the parentheses for now. Yeah, without, without getting into the rest of this for now, because we're going to see it in, in, in the next piece. Okay, the Indian of Ayin, which we'll get to. Okay, but over here in this piece from Sikha Zatzadik 108, Reb Tzaddik is explaining what he revealed earlier in Sadi Zayin, that while b'zevach u'v'mincha e'na miskaper, 
miskaper b'tayr. And that's what the Zarek Kaddish says, Reb Tzaddik was referring to when it said there's no tshuva for this chait. What it meant is there's no standard tshuva that takes place in the heart, that relates to tefillah, that it cannot reach. But that doesn't mean there's no tshuva, it just means that the strategy needs to be a little bit different. And as it relates to this particular blemish, Torah study is alone able to reach the place of the pagan and rectify and fix and cleanse. And that's Reb Tzaddik in these two teachings. But if we hear Reb Tzaddik says something so deep, in this third teaching from Reb Tzaddik, six is that Tzaddik Mem He, as you can see Reb Tzaddik talks about this a lot. And here Reb Tzaddik says Mamish the deepest thing. I truncated this piece a little bit. I, I took out from the middle of it because it's very long. And really, to learn it properly, which I highly encourage if you can, if you have a Tzikas Tzaddik, take a look at this whole piece. It's, it's mamish amazing. So you first really have to look at an entire chapter in Yeshayo Hanavi. Because he goes through the whole entire parak. but I felt that it would have been a little bit too complicated and taken up too much of our time. And this is already going to take up time. So we'll try to work through it, but be aware that there's, there's more here. I, I cut some out in the middle. But the main, the main tamsis of it, the, the essence of it is, is here. Says the Heliger of Tzadik, He says, when a person has, again, we don't like to use the word sin. When a person has veered, has wandered, very, very distant. Keshachata, right? Chata means to just like step off the path of not who you're supposed to be, but who you are. That's what chait means. Chait means I made a wrong turn from where I was already headed. Right? That's Kaddish. It's just we begin with that premise. The premise of total holiness. No matter how distant and, and, and dark the world may appear, at the core is just Kedush, is matzah, is total holiness. And then things become chametzik, but at the core of it is mamish, Tov is goodness, is holiness. So, Kishachata Harbe, when a person has wandered greatly to the point that Achanistama Tshuva, when Tshuva itself ceases to be an option for that person, not because objectively it's not an option. We learned Tshuva is always an option. The gates of Tshuva never close. But because subjectively that person in their own life, has gotten to such a distant place where his heart is closed. Subjectively, his heart is closed. Objectively, there's always tshuva. But a person can come to such a place where subjectively, they're too distant. Alza Isa about this. Yeshayahu Navi teaches a beautiful pasuk. Boire nivsfasayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates nivsfasayim, the fluency of one's speech. Shalom, shalom, Amr Hashem is the end of the Pasuk. Hashem says, peace, peace. L'rochaik l'akarev. To he who is distant and to he who is close. Shalom, shalom, says Hashem. Boire nivs fasayim. Hashem creates nivs fasayim. Communicability. Two-directional communicability. Hashem opens channels again. Shalom, shalom, says Hashem. Welcome to the part of you that's rachik. Because there's a part of you that's always been karev. 
Shalom, shalom, says Hashem. Boire nivs vasayim. Says Reb Tzadik HaKoyim, what does this mean? Boire nivs vasayim, what does this mean? That this word boire mean? What does it mean to create? How is Berea different than Yitzira? To be Yotzer something is also means to create. Lasot Mashu is also to create, to make something, to create. How is this different than Livro? The word bore. How is this different? It says Reb Tzadik, it's brought in Ariya Kaddish and in the Tzadikim that Berea is a unique word for creation which connotes something from nothing. What's called in Hebrew, yesh me'ayin. And that's why, without getting into the depth of it now, in the Seder of the Oilamais, where we have four worlds, right, four different layers of the, the, the concretization of existence, layer after layer after layer after layer, more physical, more physical, more physical, till this physical experience in the world of Asiya, Bria is second, under Atsilus. So Atsilus would be the realm of Ayin, nothingness. Bria is the realm that's called Yesh Me Ayin. It emerges from nothingness. Yitzira, which is the next world, is called already Yesh Me Yesh, right? It takes that which already is and forms it into specific formations. And then finally that becomes crystallized in our world of Asiya, in the world of creation. But al what we see from here is that the word bore implies something that's brand new, something that's fresh. Yesh me'ayin is something from nothing. And that's what word the Navi uses. Boire nivs fasayim. What does this mean? Hakodesh Baruch Hu boire yesh me'ayin hadibur shal shalim shalim. Hakodesh Baruch Hu draws this greeting from a place of, of nothingness. Shu kabbalas tshuva. From a brand new place, without anything preceding it, without any process leading up to this moment where Hashem says, okay, now you've earned it. No. Daika from a place of nothingness, which is hepech, which is the opposite of Hanemar, what's written later on in that parak in Yishayo, which says, L'rishayim ein shalom. To the wicked, there's no, there's no peace. And he says that this pasuk l'rishayim ein shalom, sechidish, is the root for our problematic zara hakadosh, or our nuanced zara hakadosh, which teaches the ein moil tshuva, because al hamoitzi He says this word rasha over here in this context, as Tzadik, is referring to a person that's engaging in this behavior. And over here also, rasha doesn't mean wicked, right? We, there's a there's a there's a terminology at least in this context. It could be in other contexts, but we have to be very sensitive in this area. People are struggling very very, especially in this dar. They have to be very careful. What we're calling wicked, wicked, rasha. You know, super careful, because the Gemara Bavetzia talks about something called rish ezesim. The terminology, what are rishay zesim, which on a simple level means wicked olives, but not wicked, right? It means olives that won't reach their potential. That's what it means. Olives with stunted growth, right? They could have developed and become beautiful, juicy olives. Stunted growth, we call them rishay zesim. And the Svarim teach that that's a deep insight into what this concept of a rasha is. Rasha is a wicked person, he's, he's, he's rotten to his core. No. He's mamish holy. 
but he hasn't yet managed to tap into that essential holiness. That's what it means, a rasha. Like rishay zesim. They're not wicked olives. They're very beautiful olives. But they haven't gotten in touch with just how holy they are, just how beautiful they are, with just how powerful they can be. Says Herb Tzaddik, this word l'rishayim is a reference to people that are engaged in, in this behavior. And the Pasik says, well, Rishon ain't shalom. So he says, in the Zara HaKadosh, those words, L'Rishon ain't shalom, become that there's no tshuva for Moetzi Zaralavatala, right? For Pekam Ambrus. They ain't mild tshuva. V'tchilas Oysa Parsha. And at the beginning of that parak in Yishayo, we find another reference to this kind of behavior because the Pasik says, Hatsadik Ava, ve'ain ish samalev. The tzaddik has died, left the world. Ve'ain ish samaleven. Nobody really cares. Ve'ain ish samaleven. Nobody takes it to heart. Says the tzaddik, everybody knows that tzaddik, the adu abazayar, the shaymer habris nikrit tzaddik. This word tzaddik, a person can know a lot of gemara. It's not, it's not a tzaddik. A person can know a lot of chasidas. doesn't mean it's a tzaddik. Tzaddik specifically means a person that's either working on caring about, struggling toward, but a person who has attained a degree of Shmir Sabris. That's Tzidkas. So Rabbi Tzadik says that that whole parak in Yishayo is talking about this Indian, Tzadik Avad, right? where the person has lost touch with the Tzadik. So what's the Eitzah? How do we get to a place of Shalom, Shalom, Amr Hashem, L'Rachaik Ula Karev? To both the one who's close, but also L'Rachai. How does that happen? That Hashem is Boyre Nevs Fasayim Yesh Ayin. How do we trigger that? How can we access Tshuva in a context where both a Pasuk and the Zarka seem to tell us Tshuva is an impossibility? How do you do this? Says Reb Tzadik And the Eitzah is, again, this is another Pasuk. You really have to see the whole parak the way he unfolds it. This is another Pasuk in that parak. And is just taking apart and putting back together this, this, uh, this prophecy from Mishayo. But the Eitzah is also embedded in this parsha. It's a Pasuk there too. Ki amar Hashem ram venisa. So says Hashem. Ram venisa. The, the most elevated, the most high. Shaykhin an. Who lives forever. The Kaddish Shemai. And whose name is Kedusha. Marim v'Kaddish. Totally exalted and, and holy, which means transcendent. Kaddish, says Rav Tzadik in the brackets, is also a reference to this Indian of morality or immorality, but morality. Kaddish, Ubamakam, Gedar, Erva, Kamashu, Kazal, Chazal. Chazal say, what's Kedusha? Any place you find safeguards in the area of immorality, trying to improve, trying to be better, that's Kedusha. So here we refer to Hashem as Kadosh because we're talking about Hashem responding to these kinds of behaviors and the, the traps that we fall into. What does Hashem say? What does He say? Koy Omar. Says I shall dwell with the lowly with the humble of spirit. Because the tshuva that we're speaking about is an aspect of Bria. And Bria, like we've learned, is yesh, it's something, me'ayin. 
but it comes from a place of ayin, comes from a place of nothingness. So Tzaddik a little bit is using this, con, con, uh, this construct of yesh me'ayin in a metaphorical way. Yesh. We want to be the beneficiaries of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Bayer Nibs Vasayim, Shalim Shalim, welcoming us back with open arms. It's only one way. Bayer is Yesh, but it has to come Me'ayim. It needs to come from an experience of Bittal, humility, letting go. Of letting go. And here he says it. There's a place in Shemayim, there's a place in the spiritual realm that's called Ayin. It's called nothingness. And when a person gets in touch with that totally elevated and exalted light, immediately you can become a new person. You can absolutely become a changed person. You can channel a light from beyond. Says Ertzadik, ve'eich, the all-important question. Ve'eich ma'asig well, how do you do that? How do we tap into that? Yadu'a ma'am rabal shem pasok Hashem tzilcha. We know that the Vashemtav teaches that anything that we want to cause to happen in the upper realms, it's all a reflection of what we're doing. And the Midas that we exhibit toward Hashem are the Midas, that, so to speak, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu exhibits toward us. When a Jew becomes humbled, when a Jew to use 12-step applicable terminology for this struggle and many other struggles, when a Jew surrenders, when a Jew realizes that I, I no longer have control of my life, until he sees him or herself as being completely completely null, com completely and entirely dependent on Hashem. Hashleich al Hashem The total experience of Ayin, where we recognize the visceral limitation of our humanity. I cannot. I can't. And all of this that I thought that I could was a delusion. It's a delusion. So sure, I want to serve you. But for me, ser to serve you will take me realizing that there is no me. I need you every step of the way. It's not my strategies. It's not my filters. It's not... It's you. I need you, You are what heals. You are the healing. Says Rabbi Tzaddik, then the person can access this realm of Ayin. And from that place of Ayin, Yeshmi Ayin is Boire, Boire Nivsva Saim. Then Hashem says, Shalim. Even in the place where the Pasik says, Ein Shalim Lurashaim. Hatzadik Avad. We're talking about Pagama Briz. Shalim, says Hashem. Welcome. Welcome. 
You're brand new. Reborn, so to speak, with a spirit of total and utter humility. And then we merit Marim. We, we access that place of Marim, the Kaddish, and holiness through an experience of Bittal. And the Sfasemes, going back to that same Sfasemes that we began with in a different context, that says that the reason why we begin the Seder with Gnus, with detrimental negative kind of information that we were first idol worshippers, right? And we said, okay, but that's part of the process. Reb Tzaddik, I'm sorry, the Sfasemes in another place more clearly says it's not just any kind of challenge that we went through. It's specifically the challenge of slavery. We were slaves. Because says the Svasemes, if we wouldn't have gone through that experience, we could never enter into a covenant with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We would not have the humble spirit necessary to understand what it means to become batal. Batal in this case to the infinite, which is infinite freedom. It's not slavery. It's the infinite freedom. Ein ben chayrin I'll take There's no freedom like that. Become batal to the to the Sof, but it's bittal. It's hachna'a. And applied to our experience, paradoxically, crazily enough, sometimes the many days or the many weeks or the many months or the many years or the many decades of struggle daika in this area the struggle the challenge the failure the infuriating frustration is itself a curriculum to bring a person to the state of bittal where tikkun becomes possible and in that sense, it's not simply a tikkun for all of the sinning in this area, but it becomes a tikkun for life. It enables us to develop a consciousness of humility. A consciousness that I need to reach out to others for help. A consciousness that I can't manage on my own. A consciousness where I become more likely to admit to myself and to others that I find things challenging. And where I learn how to shake myself from the shame that's so often associated with that and just accept it for what it is. To see things through matzah glasses, not chametz glasses, it's matzah glasses to see things as they are, to see myself as I am, to recognize there's no use fooling myself or others anymore. I want to grow. I want to open up. I want to be real. Paradoxically, the very thing that I find so 
challenging that I, I just I wish right, in this context we wish we could break free and just finally start living and again I'm using this we're talking about this but I want to say this is for everything in life that we rely on we're all slaves to something let's be honest we come into Pesach one's a slave to eating one's a slave to approval one's a slave to the neighbor one's a slave you know, the neighbor's perception one's a slave to to, 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 to this the immorality was one's a slave to slander one's a slave to, to a million things we're all slaves in some way breaking free is itself a product of having been driven to such a point of desperation where I finally let go. And I finally say, Rebbe Shalom, I cannot do this without you. I can't. And in that moment, retroactively, the whole experience is justified. And the Hebrew word that we use for, for justified is tshuva. Meaning, all of a sudden, I realize I'm not as far as I thought I was. In fact, crazily enough, through this struggle, but it has to be what we call in the an errant struggle. You, know, okay, you can't school the system. Like, okay, so then I'll just, I'll sin for 10 years and then I'll get to such a point of desperation. Obviously, we're talking about a person that, that wants to grow and that cares very deeply about, about, about a life lived in, 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 you know, wedded to filth. A person wants to break free. And a person, mamish, puts in the effort and, 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 and does what he can and, and so on. You look back and you say, oh my goodness. Look what this experience availed me. Look how much deeper of a person I am now. Look at how much more sensitive I am to the struggle of others. Look at how much more authentic I'm able to live and how much more authentically I'm able to engage with all of life. I'm less of a chametz person. I'm more of a matzah person. Sure, I've been beaten. I've been rolled out, you know. But, but then I mamish becomes so warm in, in the oven of Hashem's love. And I'm taken out and it's the holiest thing there is. This is the deep secret that Herb Sadiq is teaching us. And this... I think we can call it all important uh, paragraph. Sikhazatzadik memhe. Memhe is ma, right? Ma. It's just nothing. Vanachnu ma. Bittal. Ma. What are we really? What are we really? We're human beings who are trying to find our way. We're human beings who are just trying to feel a sense of Yishvadas, contentment, belonging. A taste of, of, of the beyond, a taste of freedom. And at the end of it, and we come to the retrospective realization that I could have only gotten to this place because I went through this slavery. Because I went through the challenge, because I went through the moror, and, and then like the famous Mashal of Rabbi Nachman, then I get to Shulchan Aruch. Then I get to the great feast. Not despite my having been through Mara, but because of my having been through Mara. And what Mara taught me. Because life is not about good or bad. It's not about Rishoyim and Sadiqim. Not doing the right thing and not doing the right thing. Life is so deep. Life is a curriculum. Life is nuanced. There are a million shades. Success means a million different things. There are a million different people. Baruch Hu's master plan. 
What do we know? What do we know? What do we ever know? The one thing we do know is that like the Katsker Rebbe taught, Hashem is wherever you let Him in. And crazily enough, if becoming so frustrated and so incredibly trapped in whatever lowly behavior that appears on the surface to be dragging, dragging us away from Hashem slams us into a rock bottom of impossibility where I can no longer go on living. Boy, do we let Hashem in when we're in such a place. Oh, do we let Hashem in so intensely that maybe another person who hadn't been through that could never let Hashem in in such a way. It's a deep secret. What do we know? You never ever know. But the goal is bittal. The goal is recognizing I am not in control. I must relinquish control. And therein lies the tikkun. Let's see very quickly the Ma'arinayim, Yisav Shas. It's brought in the Gemara, the Rebbe Svira lay, that Rebbe held the Yom Kippur Machaper Ben Lushavim Elisha'enim Shavim. Yom Kippur works for both those that are returnees, those that are doing tshuva, and, and to those that are not doing tshuva. Yom Kippur works for the Jewish soul. How could Rebbe hold that? That Yom Kippur works even for people that are not doing tshuva. Like Amar Azal, Kala Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu Vatshrin. That's it. A Kodesh Baruch. So one day a year, everybody's forgiven just for nothing. We can't say that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is so flippant with with things. That there's a process. How could that be that Rebbe holds that Yom Kippur works afle she'enim shavin even to those who don't do tshuva? Says Reb Says the Marinayim. Achnir Rebbe it would appear devade beloy tshuva in a klum. No Yom Kippur, you need tshuva. Of course, Yom Kippur is a day of tshuva, and tshuva on Yom Kippur is super important. Even though Yitzuma Shaliyam is mechaper, but it's brought even in halacha. Look at the chinuch with tshuva. It's not that not just the day is mechaper; it has to be with tshuva. So he wants to explain it using the Zara Kaddish. Achapei Rishu, Api Masha Amar Zal B'Zara Kaddish. All the Tzara Zalavatala, the same thing. The Zara Kaddish. Amru Kul and Chayvit. Talion B'Tiyufta. Right, all sins have tshuva levar mehayvet, except this one which we've learned a lot of different things about what this might mean. Says the Marinaim, a little bit more of a stringent approach, as you'll see. But he says, This is what Rebbe was saying. That Yom Kippur works, Even not to those who are not doing tshuva. But what this means is, It means even to those that the rest of the year don't have tshuva. That he takes the Zara Kaddish at face value, whatever level. Even for those people, Yom Kippur fixes everything. Even to those that the Zara Kaddish says are outside the realm and the gather of Tshuva. That's the Ma'arinayim's take. And with the last minute, we'll take a look quickly at the Chiddush Arim. Zara Kaddish, he writes... The Pasuk says that in the 600th year of Noyach's life, what happened? Boom. Everything opened up and the Mabel came, right? Tons of water. But the Zarka this says the most relevant thing. Bishnah's tough race, she says. In the year six, in the year five, 5,600. 
which is which was the year 1840. Says the Chedush the gates of of Chachma will will open up. And this means a lot of different things on many different levels. Industrial revolution, practically, physically, new doors of Kabbalistic understanding, Hasidus was, was taking root. Different things were happening at that time. But that's what the Zohar Kaddish says, everything will open up. Omani Khan. So what does that have to do with this Pasuk about the 600th year of Noach's life? Ulam, what this means is, Ki Elif Hashishi says, this time period that we're in now, which is the 6,000th year, even though we count 5-8, right? Tough Shin Pei, but it's, it's not, it's not five. Really. We're counting five, but from zero to one is not a year, right? So one is really the second year. Two is really the third year. Four is really the fifth year. Five is the sixth year. We are in the Elif Hashishi. We are in the 6,000th millennia. Six, he says, is related to the sixth Mita of the Spheros. Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzachod. And the sixth one is Yisod. Midas Yisod, which is Kenega the Bris. Shua Midas, Shishas, Hanukkah, Bris Kodesh. That it relates to this area on the body, this area of human functionality, this area of our desire to connect with something, to feel alive with something, whatever way that we do. He says, this is the job of our millennia. This is our whole mission, is to fix this area, to grapple with, to work through, and to, and to overcome this area. And this will bring the redemption, because the Pasuk says in the end, the whole nation is righteous. And we already learned that Sadiq means a person that has succeeded in this area. Each person on their own level in a relative framework. So he says, that's what the Zohar Kaddish says. That in this last shlav, this last thousand years before the redemption, the gates of light, the gates of Chachma will open up and it will shine within the darkness. We say, your word penetrates even, even the darkness. How so? Because because the gates of wisdom have opened, and so bedvari maravaravim. We can hear your words even in the even in the dusk. and therefore, and here we come to the end. Even though, sure, it's written in the Zayar, and again, we had a lot of different interpretations, but I'll peep shot. There's no tshuva for this behavior, for this sin, for this pagam, for this blemish. Even if that was true on a surface level, in Ata, he says this was only true before 1840. It was a shocking thing. But now, that the gates of wisdom have opened, like the Zara Kaddish and Parshas Nayaf says that they would. Now, tshuva becomes possible for everything, specifically for this. And he writes over here, was ever recording the teachings of the Chidisharim. This is the, the Rapsadik. Right? This pagam is rooted in the brain. The tshuva is only in the lave. Fine. So that's that's Pshat in the Zayr. Good. But after 1840, that all the gates of wisdom are open, you can fix this too. But what should I do? Fine, the gates of intellect are open, but I'm, I'm in a, such a place of filth that I, I can't enter. How am I supposed to get in? Says the Chidush Yarim, 
in our generation, even to those that are very distant and far outside the gate, the light is so deep in this generation. Chasidus is so relevant. that The Torah that we have access to is so deep. It's able to reach even into those places. Even if a person doesn't have the spiritual fortitude to stand up and to walk through the gates, even though the gates are open, I have no strength to walk through. From the gates is shining the illumination. This alone can help the person who's still stuck in their filth to begin to take that journey. So these are incredibly important sources. Each one comes to bring something else, practical, a perspective, a little bit of a deeper insight into what this is and how important it is and how precious our efforts are. And the main thing is just to focus us back this piece from Rabbi Tzadik. Tzadik is a Tzadik Memhei. Boire nivs v'sayim. Shalom, shalom, amr Hashem. L'rachik. Even to those that are distant. How does that happen? Yesh me'ayim. When a person comes to a point where they're willing finally to set aside all the chametz of their lives. Oh, bir chametz. Get rid of it. Bedikas chametz. Bir chametz. And to start really facing up to the fact that we, we might need help, that, that's, that's greater than, than we can give ourselves. That's a, that's a great moment. That's a great moment when a person reaches out, when a person stops hiding. It's a great moment. It's a moment of fixing, not just for everything that led them to the desperation that forces them to be open to others, but, but it's a moment that fixes all of life. Because all of a sudden, ain't a doime, a person that's serving Hashem from a place of bittel, than a person that's serving Hashem still within the avodah of his own delusion of control. And muna doesn't just mean to believe theoretically. Tzadik be'munasa to live a life where it's I, I don't I don't have any illusion of control. I know like it's saying twelve step. When I try to control things, zelo So I need you. I need you, Rebbeinu Shalom. And sometimes Hashem has His methods of getting us to this place. Sometimes it's circuitous and, and uh, bumpy side paths. But this is life. It's a journey. This is the journey of our generation. Some call it the challenge of our, the struggle of our generation. It's the journey of our generation. And it has a lot to teach us. Hashem should bless us to walk the ladder of Kedusha, rung after rung, rooted in a place of self-compassion, rooted in a place of Kaddish. Then you go into Orchaz, rooted in a place of Kedusha, essential Kedusha, with Simcha v'tuvleva, with Yishev das, without shame, without chametz, matzah, just matzah. We should be zeichet to a Chag Kasher v'sameach, to a Pesach that's mamish, mamish, saturated with the spirit of redemption on every level. Be'ezus Hashem Izbarach. Thank you so much for joining me for learning through this with me. Not easy subject matter, not an easy topic, but I think between this year and last year, hopefully we, we, we got to a place of, of greater awareness and greater understanding and, uh, and greater compassion for ourselves and for others. So thank you so, so much as always for joining. It's, uh, it's always surprising that Hever take out of their precious time to learn with me. And, um, and, and, and it's, it's not learning with me, it's, it's you and me learning with the Rebbe, with Rebbe Nachman. To whom we owe everything. Everything. What a Rachman. Yeah, he had compassion on us.
Okay, wishing everybody all the best. Thank you so, so much for, for joining this year. Kaltuv, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.